0: Hi everybody, this is Trevor Lee and this is the Running 44 at 60 podcast. Welcome to episode number 127. Now this is going out on Sunday, where are we, August the 13th, 2023. So we're very close to the fourth anniversary of this podcast because the original episode went out on August the 21st, 2019. And for those of you who are new to this and don't know the story, well, I decided at that point to launch a podcast to help you run the Classic Quarter in May 2021, so that was the plan. It wasn't meant to carry on after that at all, but here we are. We're four years later, and we're at episode number 127. So if you are a new listener, welcome to the show. Um, I hope you enjoy it. If you do enjoy it, then please share it. Tell, some about, tell someone about it. Leave a review. That would be absolutely amazing. Or you can go to Amazon and buy a copy of 12 Business Lessons from Running an Ultra Marathon, which is a kind of business and running book. And if you do that, the proceeds uh, all go to the Children's Hospice Southwest. Now, one of the very early uh, episodes, in fact, episode two, it's it's just simply called the White Rat, and I recorded it on my phone at the time, I think, because I didn't have any fancy recording equipment like we have now. Um, and it was the 11-mile white rat, the Roseland August Trails, and I just did a an edited recording of going around it. And I absolutely loved it. I think I voted it my favourite run of 2019. And for me in those days, that was a long way. Anyway, uh, one, of the, one of the people on that run uh, at the same time as me, or the guy who drove us there, actually, Andy Brown. Now, Andy has been a running friend of mine for all that time. And on this episode, he's back because he appeared on episode four talking about his adventure on the white rat. But he's back because he did a thing called the Boyd. Now, if you don't know what the Boyd is, well, Andy's going to explain what exactly it is. It's a 24-hour run, but it's nothing like the 24-hour festival run in the last episode that I talked about. So it's uh, it, it was great. We uh, we did the recording for this podcast live. Uh, while we ran the Trelissic Park Run on uh, yesterday, Saturday the 12th. So <laughs> uh, so you will, uh, you will hear a few people on the park run on the way around as well. And it's been edited a little bit, obviously. Otherwise, it looks like we both skimmed the park run round in about 15 minutes. So uh, that would be not only PBs for us, but pretty close, I would imagine, to the, uh, the Trelissic Park Run record. Probably a record. So there we go. We're going to claim that anyway. Right, so enjoy the podcast and thanks for listening. Here we are, it's a beautiful morning, um, we're at the Trelissic Park Run and I've got with me Andy Brown <laughs> and Andy has just come off completing an epic run. Now Andy, you've been on the podcast before, do you remember when? Yeah, we were, yeah uh, episode four. That's right and if you remember, you, you, yourself and your wife Lorraine came on and we just completed, about five of us, the White Rat which is 11 miles, we were pretty elated, we managed to do that, and we'd all had a pact to upgrade to the 20 the next year, feeling very nervous that we were ever gonna achieve that. So here we are, 123 episodes later, and you're back on, and not only did you do the, the 20-miler, you've done the 32-miler, but this year, you did the epic 24-hour Boyd. So, how are you feeling a week later? Slightly tired, right? okay. So for listeners who don't know anything about the Rat or the Roseland, August Trail Festival, what exactly is the Boyd and why is it called the (laughs) Boyd?
1: The void is bring out your dead whether or not that's anything to do with to python i don't know but it's certainly a phrase that people used to shout when they used to go around collecting the bodies so what attracted you to the idea of doing the void? well I'd, as you say i'd run the the black the 32 i knew that i wouldn't be able to go any further uh, than that because the cutoffs are too tight
0: and fairly determined so i thought i'll hedge my bets and do something that i could finish fantastic now listeners will know from the previous episode where I talked about my Hope 24 adventure, which was a 24-hour run at Hope Festival. Now this is a completely different 24-hour event, isn't it? Because it has certain rules, which uh, mean you can't have a five-hour kip like I did in the middle. Tell us about those. I suppose there's one rule,
1: which is the main rule, and that is you mustn't stop anywhere for more than 10 minutes. If you do, you'll get pinned and you'll be disqualified. Do
0: they have some sort of tracker on you then to know that?
1: Yeah, we had a GPS tracker on our uh, pack, we believe, was being monitored. That was what was used to determine whether we were dead or not. In the field was the finish area for all of the rat races. And next to that finish area were a few sticks and some tape. And within that uh, closed off square area were all of our boxes. And that was called sanctuary. And we were allowed, again, up to 10 minutes in sanctuary once per lap. And when you were on the course, if you wanted to, you could stop more than once for 10 minutes, but uh, I, I don't think I ever did. And I only stayed up to about six or seven minutes in the sanctuary.
0: So now my other understanding is that you had to be totally self-sufficient. So you all had a big box of stuff that you, uh, you needed and that presumably was in the sanctuary area.
1: Yeah, with our uh, um, kit.
0: Uh, in our boxes, we each had a box. So in, in the box, what, food, spare clothing, man, was, there, was there something, presumably, it was some, even though you were going out and back, so out and back 4.3 mile loop, did I read? Yeah, that's right, yeah, the loop's the for 4.3. So and did you have to carry mandatory kit during the loop, or could you just leave it all in the, in the box?
1: No, there was mandatory kit, if anyone knows the rat, it was the same mandatory kit as most of the other races except we had head torches as an extra we didn't have to take a reusable cup because we weren't allowed to use any aid stations for example cocktail corner we we couldn't take anything from anyone
0: so if another runner had said hey Andy you look like you could do with a jelly baby here's one that would have been it for you
1: yeah just if you'd have taken it yeah yeah I was gonna try and get someone to give it to
0: one of my Competitor runners. I <laughs> didn't see them. To get it done. <laughs> Gradually get them all disqualified yeah. and win. <laughs> Brilliant. Now, before we talk about what happened on the day or the twenty-four hours, tell us about. Uh, do you do any special training for this? Or? Morning, morning. Thank you, Marshall.
1: You on recording? Morning, <laughs> Jez, eight weeks before the race, I started going to North Cliffs near Portree. Okay. If people know it locally, it's Sally's Bottom. I believe some people have called it the Bitches.
0: These are the big up and down steps.
1: Yeah, there's uh, four downs and four ups. You go from Northcliffs Car Park, which is north of Tahiti. You run from there, you run into Portreath. then you run out the other side, same as the Ark, I think, Coast Path. You run up the hill to the telephone mast, and then there's a car park on the left, and then turn around. Okay. And that's 8K.
0: So that was to get you trained up for those almighty steps that you had to go up and down every single lap.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. For the first three weeks, I did one one day a week and park run. Okay. And then for the next four weeks, I did Mondays, up. Thursdays. And then I thought, well, I've not done enough distance. So I did, um. I did about 30K two weeks before the event. Okay, and then the week before, I did did park one on Saturday, five k on the Monday, and then nothing else for the whole week.
0: So, what about uh, sleep deprivation? So, did you practice staying awake all night, just 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 hanging around, no. staying awake? No, no. Okay. So, race day, Friday, 7 p.m. Is that was that the kickoff? Yeah, Friday 7 p.m.
1: Prior to the race, I'd um I'd packed my box, and got what I thought I would need. Turned up around half five uh, registered five to seven they did the rat ceremony or the
0: traditional send-off and of course there was a storm brewing or actually happening so what were the conditions like when you set off
1: well the field was very wet when we set off from sanctuary so my feet were soaked from the start we turned onto the coast path, which was just the usual half wet, half dry. Started to drizzle a couple of hours in. Okay. Maybe three hours in. Then um the weather slowly built with more and more wind, more and more moisture. Then uh, I remember it well because I thought I must look. 120. Uh, it was time for my poncho because I... Uh, I do have a proper running coat, and that's one of the things you have to carry. Right. But uh, because it was so warm, the poncho let so much air move around. Okay. It was perfect. But it was also a mixed blessing because out on Blackhead, the wind took me quite badly once and nearly got blown off the edge of the cliff.
0: When you say the wind got you, uh, was that near the turnaround point then? I'd
1: always thought that you went to a certain point uh, where there's a huge rock. Okay. Which runners coming the other way would remember. They turned left and it said don't turn right. Anyway, you go down there and I went to the end. Luckily, there was a photographer there while it was still nice. And um, I was about to turn around where the photographer was at the top of the hill. And he said, oh, no, no, everybody's continuing. They're going um, down the other side.
0: So we had to go another, I don't know, couple of hundred meters. So did you kind of have a, a plan for each lap in terms of the pace you were trying to run at? And then when you got back to sanctuary, the things you were gonna eat, how much you were gonna drink, uh, clearly your six or seven minutes didn't give you a lot of time to do much.
1: No, my plan was every lap make sure that I had water. I did have a little tablet from each for each lap to put in one bottle. I think it was cis whatever nutrients. Okay. And I always had one bottle of that on the go. Well <laughs> <Moines>. Liz.
0: <laughs> thank you, thank you much.
1: Morning. See you Hiya, thank you. I had cramp on the first lap. Oh no! Uh, which was from the field, the start. So I thought, what can I get rid of that with? And I had a satsuma and had, um, I think, a little square of cheese. And whether that helped, I don't know. But the cramp had gone by the turnaround. I had a cool bag with a few different things in. Salami, cheese. Uh, pasty and fruit apple banana satsuma then the other bag was crisps cheesy things the mistake was because it was three separate compartments by the time I'd got lap 2 lap 3 I couldn't get stuff out of the boxes quick enough and I couldn't get the lids back on quickly enough right okay I should have just had a great big waterproof box in my box it was too complicated for a tired brain to put the lids back on to keep it dry right and in the end I wasn't bothered okay it got wet or not okay and uh, fortunately everything stayed dry because it was in in bags as well
0: Well, on the eating thing some people you know eat pizza and and buns and and sandwiches and potatoes did you do any of that I used
1: I had crusty white rolls that guns soft okay cuz it was humid thank you very much and I had butter Marmite cheddar and ham right I thought was uh, not too heavy, okay. But I had had a lot of energy, right. And also, several people had said go for white bread, okay. It, it, Is that higher in carbs, apart. maybe?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah
1: no, they said it falls apart and it's easier to digest. Oh right, okay. And the body doesn't spend energy digesting it. Right, good. That's a that's it, a good point. Spent, it, it uses what what it eats. Um, uh, it gives itself up more easily, apparently. Each lap, I had um, half of one of those on one lap out and then turn around and half, lap, half of those on the lap back. I did have a pasty, but it gave me bad stomach oh. ache.
0: When did you eat that? I think well, it was lap three. Lap three, okay, well the whole yeah. pasty?
1: Yeah, I took the crust off and managed to eat the centre and some
0: of the pastry. You started at seven, it's now dark, the night wore on. Was there any point where you think, God, I just want to get to sleep now? I didn't once feel like giving up, and I always
1: had a mini goal, which was to do one lap. Right. Or get from end to end. Yes, of course. Half a lap. Yeah. And also to go up and down the steps without an injury. But I also think the storm was a positive for me because. Although it was grim, it was a cocoon. All I could hear was wind, bits of trees breaking, and that was um, also the hedge was blowing in. Uh, that's why I'm all scratched up. And that weather cocoon and the wetness, yeah, it just focused my mind. So it's getting to be dawn. Is it still terrible, c- terrible weather? Yeah, it was awful. It was, it, was, uh, it was wet on and off until the finish at 7 p.m. So uh, dawn was a great motivator. I can imagine. Several people have said that when they've done... The easy races they do where you can sleep during the 24 hours <laughs> uh, mentioning no names um, that dawn lights can revive you so seven 7am you're halfway in so yeah we're really pleased we were we were allowed to talk to each other oh right okay and, um, that's good i spoke to pete walker the eventual winner and i also spoke to some of the other well everybody and we uh we said halfway we we're all really pleased i'd say another Another thing to that was having a chat with Pete. We both shouted at each other words of uh, encouragement.
0: Fantastic. So the morning goes on, you're in your routine.
1: In late morning, started to think about seeing people midday-ish. Okay.
0: That we saw the first people coming through. Was that a motivational lift in itself? Because you're now seven hours from the finish. Probably, what, three laps, three and a bit laps?
1: Yeah, it did help with the uh, motivation and encouragement.
0: So at what time roughly then did you start what you thought would be your last lap. Did you? Oh, by the way, did you have to be still running at 24 hours? How, how yeah. does it all wrap up? Well, I had a plan. I imagined, I guessed how long the route would be,
1: and I had a plan to do 10 laps minimum, 12 laps ultimate. Okay. In the end, I managed 11 and a, and a small amount. Right. So I started my 12th, and I, because uh, I'm so old, I decided to, um,
0: just want to let you know Andy is not as old 20. as I am when he says he's very old. <laughs> he's making me feel good. <laughs> 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 so, uh, what time, so when you, sorry, you started last, it last, you started the last lap.
1: Yeah. Sorry. How, had... how long was it
0: <clears> to go? 24 hours then? Cause you, you said you did some of the last lap. So. What, was there a hooter went off at 24 hours and you kind of stopped then? Or?
1: No, it was self-regulated. What I did was um, I, did, I did my 10 and a bit laps and I knew that I only had uh, an hour and a half um, to do an extra lap. Okay. So I decided to go as slowly as I could to finish my 11th, but also to make sure that I left Sanctuary at quarter to seven so that I could go out and start another lap. Right. You don't have to complete the lap that you're on. And I did that extra quarter of an hour, which gave me one place higher up. But and it also gave me my 12th lap higher, um, which was my goal. So, so it's, it's psychological. So you did the, you finished the whole lap? Finished the whole 11, ran out for my 12th, did, um, I don't know, quarter of a mile eighth of a mile whatever it was and then that was uh one minute past 7pm and i turned back
0: right okay so my total
1: distance was 11 laps
0: so did you and a bit and what was going through your mind at that point when you pressed the button job done what were you thinking did you have a because sometimes people can get overwhelmed with emotion and tiredness when they know something as epic as that has now finished
1: no no it was just a finish happy oh cheers hi there thank you oh, we're
0: just uh, crossing the park run line finished now as well there we go um, thank you very much so
1: hi, thank you sharon no um, uh, somebody said how are you going to feel when you finish i said well i'll be okay he said oh i think i'll have a bit of a tear but i said no i, I doubt it and uh hello
0: hi there no not
1: jumps at the back
0: so uh, as Thank we wrap this much. up, Andy, um, I'm just going to ask you for some. Uh, Thank you. What would you do differently? And what would you recommend to others thinking about this for next year? And then we'll wrap up.
1: Possibly, possibly do a bit more training. But then for me, I do the run the same differently. I would have had a, um, a fully waterproof box and I would have had two compartments within it so that I could rummage for stuff because towards the end of the run, the brain has stopped working. And, okay. um, uh, it was difficult to work out what was where and close things up and um, because the wind was so strong you only had to lift the lid slightly and everything inside got soaked
0: okay the listeners now thinking
1: oh i'm not sure i can do this what would you say to them well i would say try it there's only a few people that do it um it's a different kind of run and uh yeah so try it so why, what, what why... Have
0: you uh, what have you got lined up next then anything on the calendar park run <laughs> we've just done that
1: <laughs> Well, I've done couch to Boyd
0: are you doing a Park
1: run to Boyd okay I'm not doing I'm not doing what you're doing I'm not doing the arc no okay. I, I can't I can't
0: meet any um, timings yeah well I'm, I'm gonna be finding that pretty tricky so
1: the lighthouse run Lorraine's trying to talk me into the lighthouse. oh the lighthouse marathon, marathon. yeah
0: that's that's a, that'll yeah. be good I'm doing that yeah yeah that'll I've, be a good
1: one I've done um, I think it was cousin Jack yeah she's part of the, yeah. the same
0: yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I might do but um okay well, no. Andy, it's been great having you back on the podcast. I must, I'm in awe, I'm in awe of your achievement. It's just amazing, because I jibbed out of the black rat because I didn't fancy the camping waterlog field, for goodness sake. So that was a weak excuse. So fantastic, and it, you know, it's been great listening to you talk through it. So thank you so much for coming on. And uh, what an inspiration. Thank you. Give it a go. Um, <laughs> you, I'm not going to commit it, to that on this podcast yeah. well, but everybody give it a maybe go. Maybe so. Maybe yeah. so. Great stuff. Yeah, All right, let's uh, let's say uh, let's wind that up then. Now, if you've been inspired by uh, listening to Andy, you know, talk about the Boyd, then uh, the event is run by Mud Crew and our friend Andrew Ferguson and uh, and and his colleagues. So, if you want to take part, then my understanding is from memory, okay? is that the uh, events all open at the beginning of january now i don't think you'll have much trouble getting into the Boyd, okay <laughs> because uh, there was only a very a small handful i think andy said 30 people entered or something like that and and i think 20 didn't make the start line or something but if you want to enter any other part of, the, of that festival particularly the white rat and the, the most popular ones which are the red rat and the black rat then you need to be ready standing by to uh, check in whenever that opens. it's usually uh, like the first of January or something like that now if you've also listening you're listening to this and you've done something epic as well then why not get in touch podcast at TrevelyMedia.co.uk and come on the show and share that with us as well just like Andy did so we can do a recording over Zoom I'll send you a link to my recording calendar if you can pick and, you know very easily which date and time works for you We'll set it up and we'll do a 15, 20-minute recording about your adventure. So we're going to finish this podcast with what Andy thoroughly deserves. Thanks for listening.